You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And I'm Nick Jimenez. And today on the show, we are going to be talking about the fifth episode of Series 8, Time Heist. uh, Written by Stephen Thompson and Stephen Moffat and directed by Douglas McKinnon. Um, so let's, uh, let's get into our spoiler free overall thoughts, uh, before we get into, uh, spoilers. Um, so let's, uh, let's, let's, let's see, uh, Nick, what did, what did, what did you think of this? Because uh, as we pointed out, uh, Steve Thompson has written two other episodes in the past and I think we all agree that his past episodes run the gamut from, God awful to uh, mediocre at best. Uh, so, so what did you what what did you think of it this time? Um, wait, re- really quick. I'm drawing a blank. What were the past two episodes that he wrote? Curse of the Black Spot. Yeah, uh, which was the which was the god awful one. My, my vote for worst episode of the Matt Smith era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and uh, and uh, Journey to the Center of the Tardis, which it would be the lackluster one. Sure. Um, incre- just incredibly forgettable. Yeah. Um, for uh for for an episode with just such an amazing title. You you saying that title made me happier than the entire episode. Yeah. Yeah, accurate. <laughs> accurate. I just got I, I always picture it in back of the future font, you know? Yeah. Journey to the center. Anyway, another episode with an amazing title and an amazing concept uh from Stephen Thompson and Stephen Moffat Time Heist. Um and I have to say, I enjoyed this episode. It is kind of a step down from the one-two punch of Robot and Sherwood and Listen for me. Um, it wasn't quite as... I, I don't know. Maybe when you when you call your episode Time Heist, I'm just... I'm pick, I am much like Journey to the Center of the TARDIS. Those are Robert Zemeckis names. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I would love to... I, I was kind of hoping for Robert Zemeckis-y type energy. And there were really cool ideas in this episode. Uh, two of the better one-off companions that we've had in a while. I really liked Psy and Saber. Um, I thought both actors pulled off a lot of charisma with very little screen time. Um, I loved Clara's outfit. Um, gen- that wasn't like I genuinely like. Oh my god, that's a really cute, like really cool outfit for you. Um, also, this is probably the first time in a long time. That the music in an episode stood out. I love the score for this episode. Mm. Um, it, but yeah, but it, it, this was kind of like a solid seven for me. It wasn't quite as fun as I wanted it to be, considering the title and the concept. Uh, there was a really cool, there is a really great Brian Singer, usual suspects esque twist at the end that is perfect for the doctor and like the show it was just a really cool like oh that that's why this is a doctor who episode and a heist movie you know Mm -hmm. um so yeah a very solid episode but like a a notch down from the last two episodes we've gotten 
What about you, Cassandra? So, you know how I was hating on this before we saw it? Yeah. I think I we, we all kind this. of were, right? We all kind yeah. of were. <laughs> no, I loved this. Um, I was so impressed. I, I literally just finished it, um, so I'm still kind of riding high. Also, I've had four cups of coffee, so if I'm a little sarcastic, oh. yeah, excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> woo! Um, no, but I really enjoyed this. I thought, oh my god, everyone's just writing really good episodes. What a time to be alive. <laughs> I No, I, Stephen Thompson... Good job. Yeah. I, I don't know. Where did that come from? That was wonderful. I loved it. Um, I really liked the concepts. I really liked the twist at the end. I, It felt, I don't know, it, it kind of came out of nowhere, but at the same time, it kind of felt organic to me, or it, like it made sense, kind of like, oh yeah, this is why it's a Doctor Who episode, like Nick was saying. Um, I liked the guest companions as it were um clara's outfit was rocking i'm really jealous um and i just really liked i don't know i just really really liked it it was really fun uh yeah i uh i actually um i still think that listen is the best episode of the season but i think this is my favorite um i mm-hmm. i you know i've been watching every episode twice uh before we record uh, so I just finished watching it the second time, and um, it's it's really, really, really well done. Uh, I just – I love the way that it, it sort of twists on itself, and it makes me start to wonder, like, maybe um, – Maybe the Sherlock writers are just, you know, be, Sherlock writers being uh, Steve Thompson and Mark Gatiss, uh, maybe they just needed a little bit more of a Sherlockian doctor to write for. Um, yeah. Because, you know, you look at their Matt Smith episodes and you're just like, oh, this is not working. And it, and I and I feel like Stephen Thompson didn't do anything incredibly different than anything he's done in the past but it just feels like he's now writing for a doctor that suits him a little bit better um and so it all just sort of feels more put together than the other episodes do um the other ones feel a little a little shoehorned like a like a story shoehorned into a doctor it doesn't belong with you know mm-hmm. whereas this it all just feels very natural and and whole and complete and it felt really Really great, and uh, I I I also liked uh, Cyan and is it is it how do you pronounce Sa- her name? Saber. Saber. Okay. Like the sword. Okay, it's spelt like Sabra. Um, yeah, so... it's, like, it's like the sword. Okay. Oh, okay. Is that how that's spelt too? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's French or so, I don't know. Okay. Someone correct me. Well, Cyan <laughs> Saber are both. They were both really great, and I kind of hope uh, they come back at some point. Mm-hmm. That would be really. That'd be really fun. Um, I also like that, like, uh, Saber has sort of a, a rogue thing going on. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which I was like, I was like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> Another Brian Singer reference. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I thought it was really great. And uh, I really, uh, I did like the usual suspects twist, but then I also liked the twist at the end with just like in general, like about what the episode was actually about and why the doctor was doing this. The like, hide twist, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, love that. 
I thought I thought it was so so good and so perfectly Doctor Who, and it was just I I loved this episode. I really really did. Um, it's really good. I even liked the way that it opened. Uh, but let's <laughs> let's talk about that in uh, in spoilers. So uh, before we do. I want to remind you guys that we are sponsored by DCBService.com, which is the site that lets you pre-order all your monthly comic books and collectibles at discounts your local comic book shop just can't compete with. Use DCBS to place your orders two months in advance. Get discounts at 40% off and special discounts up to 50% off. Place an order as big or small as you like and ship monthly, bi-weekly or weekly with flat rate shipping of only $6.95 every time an order goes out. So thanks to DCBService.com. Also, InStockTrades.com, the site where you can purchase any hardcover, paperback, graphic novel collections that currently are in print at massive discounts of 25 to 45% off. And if that's not good enough for you, check back on Wednesdays for new release specials at 50% off every single week. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. Um, okay, so uh, first of all, because I do want to talk about the opening, which is really cool with the with the um, memory worms, um, which is, you know, a call back to the snowmen um, and that whole memory worm thing in that episode uh so i like that they're not just like introducing a thing and then dropping it forever like i i always like it when they bring stuff back like that mm-hmm. um i think that's really cool but uh the whole idea behind this and the way that you know they reveal it i really like all of that like structurally how it all sort of plays out um and they even do the thing where it's like you know, the big reveal at the end of the heist movie where you see how every, how you think that they get caught and it's like, Oh no, they didn't get caught. Cause they did all of this. Like, but yeah. you didn't see it happen. And it, the, this guy was behind it the whole time. Right. It all worked really, really well. Like it's like every oceans 11 movie has that moment in the third act yeah. and it, it all worked really awesome. Um, my one thing though, that I'll say about this episode and it's a general problem I tend to have with doctor who, as a series, just overall, which is that when your main character is a time traveler, I have trouble comprehending what is the what is considered the past and the future and the present from his perspective um, outside of his personal emotional timeline. When he says the thing at the end where he's like, oh, this is a this is a time travel heist and, you know, we're back in the past to do this thing. And I was like, but you're in like a future space bank. So what is the past? And like, (laughs) I I just it's hard to even like comprehend any of that. So you kind of just have to be like, "Okay, I guess. But like, you don't there's nothing to. I don't know. It's it's hard to like get your hands around it and understand what's going on. Like I get it. It's not that I don't comprehend, but it's like there's just something that feels a little wishy-washy about it all. Um because it was supposed to be this big reveal, but it's hard to convince me that they're in the past when they're like on this like future planet and it just and what it what is the past in consideration with the doctor and like art so we're we're in the past but we're in that lady's past but like where did she like i just it's all very confusing um so i and that's just a general problem that i have with doctor who because of your main character being a time traveler but um i don't know what what do you what are your guys' thoughts on that sort of thing well um Okay, oh, please go. No, first. no, it's okay. You can go first. Um, I, w- I was just gonna say, I definitely when the episode started to fall apart for me was like around Act Two, 
on, but not fall apart because I really did have a good time. But yeah, like the the whys and wherefores are always a little bit uh, kind of mixed. The kind of mixed colors, you know. Where I was like, okay, wait, 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 what's why are we? What's happening? Like, what's what's this about? And um, it all kind of came together thematically in the end. But I mean, it is like a lot of heist movies. It is something you could really that does kind of fall apart in your hand if you hold on to it too hard, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, like I, I don't really understand. Did I miss the why the solar flares were happening? No, no. the The reason the solar flares were happening, the solar flares were just happening. But the lady sent them back to when they would be happening because when the solar flares happen is when the, the bank, bank is at its at its most okay penetratable. I, I I I definitely got that when it happened. I just when the solar flares happened, I was like, "Wait, is that a thing? We knew it was going to happen, or is that just happening now?" Yeah, no, it's just happening now. Okay, but that's the reason why they were there at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. she knew that there was going to be like a storm, right? Yeah, Cassandra, what are, what are your thoughts on that whole time um, travel business? Well, it's kind of like the Star Wars effect, where it's like a long time ago in a galaxy far away, but right. in the future. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, cause I, it was, I, th- I thought that the reveal that we were like, we were sent back from this woman's perspective was interesting. Um, and I, I was see, able to f- see, and I, and I, and I totally agree with that. Like, but I feel like they should have saved the reveal that it was a time travel heist until you revealed that she's the one that sent them back. Because then at that point, you have something to hang your hat on, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, oh, it's time travel from her perspective. Okay, good. Like, then I can do it. But when you reveal it early on, when as soon as the solar flares happen, then it all kind of feels nebulous in a way that doesn't totally 100% work for me. I I thought it was fine because, I mean, our main character is a time traveler, so the idea isn't foreign to us. And we're like, oh, of course, it's a t- of course it's a time travel heist. Also, it's in the title, so... He was so close to saying the title. I was so I know, mad. I was ready for it. I was like, oh, really? Are we going to say the title? And he's like, time travel. And I was like, all right. Um, <laughs> no, but I... I I think it's cool when the doctor is kind of he's out of his element but he's in its element. Does that make sense? Like with the whole memory wipe thing, he and I also love the idea that he orchestrated it all. Um Yeah, no, I love that, definitely. Uh I don't know. It's time travel. I hesitate to use the phrase wibbly wobbly because everyone says that and I personally think it's overrated but that's really what it comes down to i think well i mean her timeline i i I saw it as it was it was the woman's past you know right but you don't see it as that at first that's my point and so when it's first when the concept of them being in the past first comes up it's just like it just sort of comes off feeling sort of meaningless to me because there it doesn't feel like the past so like he's just like oh we're in the past and i'm like the past relative to what like, yeah, like we're, because we're we the... don't know what in relative relative to what yeah. you know like technically we're in the past right now right like by the time you are listening to this listener we will be in the past yeah spooky 
<laughs> and so so I think I think the the problem that I had with it and the nebulous nature that comes from that first reveal is that it's not time travel because we we're, we're not it's not related to anything um mm-hmm. until later. I wish they had just saved the reveal. Like I wish sure. he would have mm-hmm. been like, you know, the solar flares happen and the vault opens and he's like, "Well, that's convenient." Yeah. You know, yeah. and you and you get the idea like his his, the gears are working in his head where he's just like, that is yeah. super convenient. Hmm. So and like the chair swivels. Right. And you call, you call out the fact that the tol- the solar flares is super convenient, but you don't need to have him figure it out yet. Like wait hmm. until the third act bit, I think. Um, so I, I just like, I think that the reveal that it's a time travel heist was too early. Okay. I don't know. But, but yeah, so- I, I, I the but the episode is really really fun and the whole third act in the private vault is so good. Yeah, nice little uh, thick of it reference, sort of. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> shut it up, shut it up. Yeah, I was like, yay, kind of, kind of the most Malcolm Tucker we'll ever get. <laughs> <laughs> PG Malcolm Tucker. Yeah. Um, as I the, was I the only person for like a second for a hot second when like the chair reveal happened. I was like, is that I for a second I thought it was Missy. Uh yeah, they cast two women that look remarkably similar. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my god, oh, wait, no, that's like another version of Mrs. Butter Mrs. Butterworth, Mrs. <laughs> Butterworth. Ray Ray Raven thought. What was her name? I don't know. It was like it was like, Del, Del uh Del Fox. Del, Del Fox. Fox. Yeah. Calf Cable, hold on. I'm this is Del Fox. This is Del Fox. That's a cool name. Yeah. Better than Mrs. Butterworth. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't have they just don't know what that is over there. So like, yeah, Mrs. Butterworth. Um so so yeah, I did like that reveal and, and how it all played out and it was that was really good. Um and him just like giving her his number number. Which again, like that's the part where I'm just like, okay, so he gives her a number, but like, she's going to call him and how does it know what time part to call him? And I'm just so confused. And then, but like, again, if they had just revealed it from her perspective, I don't think it would have been, it would have been as, uh, you know, to, to use that phrase as timey wimey. I think it would have made a little bit more, I I just think it would have been a little cleaner. A little um, more streamlined. Yeah, a little more we, streamlined. Because yeah. it was just knew. confusing for the sake of being confusing. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like, if they had streamlined it, I think it would have been a stronger episode. And we kind of knew that she was going to make the call as he was suggesting it. Right. Because we were like, oh, oh, okay. I don't... I I, I didn't want to know that early. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be confused more, for me, in a way. For longer. Yeah. Yeah. Because the only thing I didn't know... The only mystery left was when you revealed that there was like his mate was locked up and then i was like oh okay cool yeah which i loved that was so that, that was great that that's what made it doctor who for yeah me. which you know speaking of uh the teller like what a cool creature design what a great name yeah and a like, great name like the combination of like oh for, mind reader fortune teller and a tell bank teller bank like teller, uh, yeah. so good so good um yeah the the name and the and the and the creature design like everything about that is just oh so good and the twist that i love the twist that they weren't euthanation devices they were transporters because i was like that was because like when she died when saber died i was like that's a weird way to die that was 
Oh yeah. god, yeah, that totally looks like a teleporter. Yeah, like it made it made sense in my. It wasn't like a, a cop out. Yeah, know? yeah. No, it was that was all really good, and and the fact that like it was built into the concept of. Uh, the doctor needed to believe that they were dying so that they can move on to the next step in the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, I loved all of that. Like that was, that was, that was, I think one of my favorite, like my favorite element of the whole story was that like uh, the, the need to be ignorant to break into a bank. Like, I just thought that was really cool. You have concept. to, yeah, you, you have to think you're innocent to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is so smart because yeah. the whole the whole bank security hinges on the fact that it can tell that you're guilty, right? But if you don't think you're guilty, then you can like get in undetected. Yeah, ah, uh, that's 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 good. That's just good writing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. There was something so there was something so. This is sound. This is gonna sound interesting because we're so early, but. There was something so Twelvian about this episode, and I really think this was the episode where we, I, I personally started to get a groove on what a twelve episode is, mm-hmm. yeah. where it is a little dark and twisty and cyberpunky and goth, but it's still like fun, you mm-hmm. know. Oh yeah, like even Saber and Psy, their like aesthetic and design was kind of Twelvian to me, you know. I yeah, I think we'll look back and and think that absolutely. Um, and I like, uh, there's so many interesting concepts, like outside of just the teller, like the, uh, time, the, um, plane displacement bomb, like, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, that, that was, was such cool. a cool idea. <laughs> and, and like the idea of Psy being like a computer that like, I would like, that's talk about universe building. Like these are both characters that I have questions about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, he like erased his own family. And she's just like, why would you do that? And he's like, I guess I love them a lot. And you're like, oh, my God. What? That's so good. (laughs) Because, I don't know, for a minute, uh, like, when they were going to reveal the teller for the first time, I thought it was going to be, like, a callback to that that, um, episode from the Eccleston era with, like, the editor. I I don't even remember what that alien was called. But, you know, the one on the Oh, Simon Pegg? Yeah. The one on the space station and everyone's like plugged into the because the aesthetic kind of reminded me of that. The wormy thing that comes from the ceiling, yeah, that thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because yeah. there were is, worms, and I was like, "Oh God, is this related to?" Oh no. no. But is a slave is a slave still a slave? He doesn't know he's a slave. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh God. Is, this was a new director, right? Uh, I think so. Let me click on I don't his name. Remember. This no, really he directed well. uh, Cold War and Listen and The Power of Three. Okay. The Power of Three. The Power of Three. We have to do it every time. That's what <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's quite good. Um, he is. He's he's a good director because I I will say I he easily elevated all of those stories. Um, mm-hmm. Even even Listen, uh, which was you know great anyway. Yeah. Uh, his and direction could, on Listen was so good, and there was such a kind of a you could really tell that the director was really playing the hits, so to speak, of a heist movie. Mm-hmm. Like when they were walking in slow motion to the bank, there was just the right amount of camp, yeah, you know, where it wasn't parody, but you could like they knew what they were doing, and there was something kind of fun about that. Yeah, yeah, man, that bank has the largest ventilation system. 
I, mean, I know, it's like, do not enter, but it's person-sized. They were, like, standing upright. Like, it's just... <laughs> there were just hallways. I don't like, know. Like, like the Dalek was, like, less hospitable. And they yeah. were tiny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I was just like, oh, John McClane wishes the fence were that big. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, I mean, John McClane wishes a lot of stuff. Oh my god, why hasn't there been a Die Hard Doctor Who episode yet? Mm. Where he's just in a in a tower. Like Claire's a in another situation? Yeah, yeah, and there's like ten Ooh. guys. I like that. That'd be a good one. His sonic screwdriver like falls out of a window like two minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess the closest they've come to that was, um, was it Bad Wolf? Bad Wolf was oh, kind yeah. of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, uh. just because you know she was trapped in that game show and he was trying to get to her. Mm. <laughs> Big brother. It's always weird when Doctor Who does like social, like pop culture references. Yeah, it just seems so out of place. It too. <laughs> like remember when Barack Obama was kind of like a MacGuffin in yeah. the finale? You know, weirdly they they feel like they um, the pop culture references suited Ten for some reason in a way that they yeah. didn't suit any other Doctor. Because he could, like, you know, Ghostbusters and, like, the Lion King. Well, that is one of the worst moments in all of Doctor Who, as far as I'm concerned. That okay. Ghostbusters bit. But, <laughs> but, uh, but he, like, you know, like, the thing where he's, like, talking about Harry Potter and reading the last The Muppet book. movie. Yeah. So, I don't know. And, and, yeah, I wonder what that is. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh, I yeah. I guess so, of, all the, of all the Doctors, there's... he was the most human. <laughs> um yeah so uh time heist i don't know sandra do you have any other anything else to say about Um, it that's the one bad thing about episodes like this where it's just like they're really good but yeah there's no listen listen had so much meat on it yeah i don't know everything about this episode was just really sexy that's like Mm -hmm. my one prevailing thought Mm -hmm. like in a darker way yeah, it was. It was like this is gonna sound like I'm, I don't mean to be like Sloan Sabbath, but it was like it was like a it was like a smart sexy. Yeah. Like Psy, like Psy was really sexy. I liked. I really liked the kind of understated infatuation that he and Clara had. It was mm-hmm. like just subtle enough. Yeah, I liked it. I hope they come back. Yeah, they're a cool, they're a cool. There's something kind of like um, new X Men about them. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I uh, I also like the end where they're just sort of hanging out in the TARDIS eating Chinese food. He has that little... T- God, I, I miss the Doctor having a crew. Yeah. There's something so nostalgic about them all just like laughing about like the Leaning Tower. I, uh, I'll be honest, like maybe when, uh, when uh, Clara leaves, like just bring back Sai and Saber as the new companions. Hey, yeah, I mean, God knows they have a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. Like, maybe size parents can be important. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that'd be fun. Yeah. That that bit with the Leaning Tower, man, that would just felt straight up classic Who. Like, in a mm-hmm. way that, <laughs> I think more than just about anything that has ever happened in New Who, that one yeah. little moment was just like, it's, oh, man. I, I was really sad it was only, like, five seconds. Yeah. I wanted, real, I wanted more of them just hanging out. Yeah. Eating Chinese. <laughs> and that bit where he's just like, she's like, I want to go eat another meal, aren't I? <laughs> he's like, oh, don't worry about it. Uh, what you consume Cal- inside the TARDIS doesn't matter. And she's like, really? And he's like, no, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's a time machine. It's not a miracle worker. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. 
I really oh. like the beginning where he is kind of like, come on, let's go do something. <laughs> like, and he's no. just like in her little domestic space. And he's so like, yeah, I liked the way the shots were framed. Like all his face was all distorted and stuff mm-hmm. like, on purpose. Like he doesn't belong here. And then I like the next episode where he's like, I'm the gamekeeper. John Smith, <laughs> the return of John Smith. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I love that she refers to like when the phone rings, she's like, oh, see, there you go. You got a, You got yourself a playmate. Like yeah. <laughs> she, she just she knows. She Oh, I, I love that bit where the doctor and Saber were walking and she was like, what now? I don't know. Just kind of wait for a thing to happen. Yeah. What? That's your plan? Yeah. Just something will happen and then we'll just deal with that. <laughs> It's so perfect. Uh, I love that. Yeah, yeah the show's the show's really in a good groove right now. I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. They're here. Even more so even more so excited because these past two episodes have been from writers I don't like and next week's episode is from a writer that I love. Yeah. 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 Oh, the caretaker. Oh my god, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I just saw that trailer and I was like, oh, I want this episode right now. Yeah. <laughs> This could very well be the episode where uh, Danny Pink becomes an official companion proper. Yeah. Looks that really way, doesn't so. it? I really hope so. I really hope so. They keep drawing it out. I just want... Now that we've had a crew in the TARDIS, even though it was for like five seconds, I really want more than one companion again. Mm-hmm. D- did I... I've only seen this episode once, but I, it was this morning. But uh, did I hear Clara right when she and Danny have been dating for two months now? I think that... Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Cool. You know, it makes sense if he if he joins the TARDIS next week because, like, the episode after the caretaker is called Kill the Moon. So, like, they go to the moon. And I could just imagine him joining the TARDIS and then be like, where do you want to go? And he's like, I don't know, the moon? And the TARDIS kill is the- like, the moon? <laughs> I want to kill the moon. <laughs> you can go anywhere? <laughs> like, you want to go to the moon? That's no. boring. And he's like, I just want to go to the moon. So they take him no. to the moon and then stuff happens. <laughs> Doctor, doctor, I I want to kill the moon. He's like, this is why I don't have soldiers. They're boring. <laughs> uh, so. Have we been to the moon in New Who yet? Did they go to the moon in Day of the Moon? <laughs> no, they didn't. They just stayed on Earth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I don't think we have been to the moon. I'm pretty. Is the last time we went to the moon like Patrick Troughton? Maybe. Speaking of Patrick Troughton, did you guys hear the news? Right, that- I was going to bring this up. Yeah, um, okay. yeah. Uh, the Christmas special. They have announced their guest stars for the Christmas special, which is uh, Michael Troughton, uh, Patrick Troughton's son. Oh, cool. Um, he, he'll be there. And uh, what's the woman's name? Um, Natalie Natalie Gamid Gumid. Um, Natalie Gumid, Faye Marseille, Nathan McMullen, Michael Troughton, and then the big guest star is Nick Frost as San- as Santa Claus. I'm oh, so cube- excited. Which is it? A, is it official that he's playing Santa Claus? It is not official that he's playing Santa Claus, but everyone knows that he's playing Santa Claus. <laughs> he like grew out a beard to be in the Doctor Who episode, um, oh, and I mean, God. just look at him. The guy's got a twinkle. Let's be honest. He, he he does. He has such a he's just he's such just a pleasant human. Yeah, yeah. And what a great new vision of Santa. Yeah, where he's kind of kind of wily and a little bit naughty, a little bit. Yeah. Well, and it's you know, and it's it'll be interesting because you know, uh, Eleven claimed to know Father Christmas personally. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they play with that at all, which I imagine they will because that was a Stephen Moffat episode that he where yeah. he claimed that. So, but then again, we all know rule number one, right? That's true. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's their that's their go to for. Uh, he was lying. Yeah, he was lying. It's, it's fine. Oh. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Just dodging, just dodging continuity responsibility. Like yeah. Ninja. He was lying. <laughs> nope. Uh, um. But uh, yeah, I just uh, Nick Frost. Oh my god, so excited! I'm still, I'm still disappointed. Like as much as you know, I like Simon Pegg in that episode we were talking about before. I'm still mm-hmm. disappointed that Simon Pegg has already been in Doctor Who because so he can't come back. Yeah, so he can't come back. I, yeah. I, I really, I don't think that that I would. I don't. I, I think they could get away with him being in another episode. I would like to think so, but I don't know. I'm, I mean, it worked for Capaldi. I guess that's true. Um, yeah. I mean, they've done it before with like multiple people. Right. Right. And I mean, I guess they could do something to Simon Pegg to make him not look as much like Simon Pegg. Yeah. So. Well, he kind of looked like Tim in the in that episode with oh. Nine. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. He had like the bleach hair and everything. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I would I would love to see him come back at some point. But Nick Frost, oh man, that's so can exciting. You, can we ima- Can you imagine if they they're keeping this? Isn't going to happen, so I feel bad for even saying it. But <laughs> like a spe- like a special holiday treat is like Simon Pegg plays like Santa's like head elf. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that would be just, wonderful. But just give me that movie. Unfortunately, like. <laughs> he's uh, shooting uh, Mission Impossible Five right now, so I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Oh well. Mm. Oh well. But so, uh so excited guys... for Nick Frost. Oh my god. Yeah, no, that'd be fun. Um and uh, apparently he's uh he's like a phenomenal or like he's just like a huge, 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 massive Doctor Who fan, um, Nick Frost. To the point where yeah. like he was like plugging his ears like during parts of the of the read through because he didn't want spoilers. Oh my god. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, they would have to tap him on the. Uh, his assistant would have to tap him on the shoulder when it was his turn to read his lines. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that makes me that makes me so happy. Um, and it also uh, it it also made me realize like oh I was like oh Nick Frost yeah that makes sense and then I remember oh Nick Frost was in Tintin which was written by Stephen Moffat so I was like oh that makes perfect oh, sense. Yeah, yeah, I was like there's the connection. Um. But uh, yeah, so that's that's really exciting. And I love that, you know, when this ends in November, this season uh, will only have like a little over a month before the Christmas special. That's super exciting. I love this new model. I really hope they bring it back for series nine. Mm -hmm. Me too. I like the fall. I really do. Yeah, it's it's something so Whovian about about the fall. Yeah. Yeah, much more so than as well, especially not not Hoovian necessarily, but like it feels like the Moffat era. Like the the Moffat era feels like the fall to me. It's it's so cold and like Dickensian and yeah. Christmassy. <laughs> it's so cold and lifeless. Lifeless. <laughs> Dead. Everything's and... dying. <laughs> it kind of makes you feel miserable. So... It makes you feel like you're hanging out with people that you wish you didn't have to, but it's. <laughs> it's tradition <laughs> um yeah so anyway all right well it's a, it's a shorter episode um 
but there's not a whole lot to say about Time Heist. What if the teller was really the master? <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. Wah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that's it, I guess. Uh, if you have thoughts you want to share on Time Heist, find a post to this episode on the doctorscompanion.us and leave a comment or send us an email, tdcpodcast at gmail.com. If you uh, like me and you, you want to check out uh, my other shows, go to mindrobber.net and check out the Mind Robbers, the flagship podcast. Uh, also, the Mind Robbers Versus, where we ta- we're talking about Joss Whedon shows right now on that show. Uh, and then check out Nick and I's podcast, Not Writing. All of those available at mindrobber.net. If you're on Twitter, follow at TDC Podcast. You'll know the second a new episode hits. Or follow our personal accounts. I'm at Scott Corelli. Nick is at Nick M. Jimenez. And Cassandra is at Darkhearted Rose. If you like the show, do us a favor. Leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And of course, most importantly, be our street team. Get out there. Tell people about us. And uh, help us get our numbers up. Because that's, that's always helpful. And uh, next week, we'll be back to talk about The Caretaker. So, uh, talk to you then. Bye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.